SYA, what's up? Welcome to the sidecast that we are calling to bay or not to bay. That is the question that we're talking about today. And relationships, we know this are the topic for you guys. Uh, we get asked about this all the time and it's something that we find ourselves counseling you guys on the most. And so we know that y'all care and we care. So we're gonna talk about these two things or a lot of these things today. Um, when I think about this, I think about two kinds two ends of the spectrum, right? Either you are, are someone like Dusty who has been married for many years and has, uh, in my opinions, a very, very healthy marriage. Um, one that I strive to seek in my own um, and who has a family and is in full-time ministry. Um, and then you have someone on the other end of the spectrum, like Adrian, who in my opinion has very, very, in a very healthy way has uh, pursued Jesus um, within her singleness and, and, and navigating that as a single person. And so you may be listening to this uh, and watching this um, on both sides or one of the, the two sides today. Uh, so we want to talk about some things. Uh, the first topic that we're going to do is we're going to talk about dating. Um, and so the first question, Dusty, that I have for you is, is about communication. The question is, we hear a lot that communication is so important in a relationship. Uh, what is some advice for communicating well? Yeah. And I would say that for me, as uh, someone who's counseled young adults about this, I'd say nine out of 10 questions about relationships somehow connects to communicating or miscommunicating and creating conflict. So um, lots of things to say about this, but here's a few. Um, Self-awareness is key. Um, You knowing um, how you actually communicate, not so much yet, how you want to be able to communicate, but how you uh, actually do it. So uh, here's a few questions to ask yourself. Are you a verbal processor or are you a mental processor? Uh, do you have a short fuse during conflict or are you very patient? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't understand y'all that are very patient. How did your parents communicate and handle conflict? And you may say, oh, but I'm nothing like my parents. But listen, you embody your upbringing. This is just mm-hmm. true. It doesn't mean you're destined in this way, but... Uh, you need to acknowledge that. Um, were you modeled by your family? Um, a listen patiently and speak during your turn, like wait for the person uh, to finish. Or were you modeled that like everybody interrupts and gets louder so they can be heard? All of that is really, really important. That's reality. And you need to start as a base with how you actually communicate. Um, w- when you listen to people describe their personality, they'll talk as if they kind of all worked it out uh, logically. Like, well, I've always done this because, and then they give logic. So a lot of times when a guy and a girl are dating and they're having communication problems, there's a, there's a presupposition problem. They think that they communicate the way they do because, well, it's logical. And so they immediately interpret the way this person communicates as illogical and as mm-hmm. wrong. And yeah. so uh, you've got to have, or begin to build not just self-awareness but some listening skills Mm -hmm. uh some empathy skills uh, and some uh um, affirmation skills like tell you know being able to say back listen well so that you can be able to say okay i think what i hear you saying right and and uh let me look at my notes here uh empathy uh, so, uh, listening skills and mm-hmm. affirmation, all of that would be under the umbrella of uh, humility because you've got to be able to make a, an assumption that you don't know everything, that you might have misinterpreted them, 
So you want to listen really well so you can actually hear what they're saying, understand it, process back, and then explain your way. Um, there's so much more to say about communicating, but here's how I want to end this little this question or answer. Mm-hmm. Spend whatever money and time you need to to like build into those skills of listening, uh, affirmation, of uh, uh, empathy, yeah. all of the, those things. Like like spend that time, spend that money, and assume that your way is your way, but it's not the right way. It's mm-hmm. just your way. And your significant other, your date, uh, the person you're in a relationship with, uh, they don't necessarily communicate wrong. They just communicate different. Differently, so, yeah. I'm going to stop there. All right. Yeah. I, the difference okay. between knowing what's the way and a way um, yeah. is super important. And I, I love that you talked about uh, putting time and money and energy into those things. Um, I'll, I'll feel this question that came in. It says, to become the kind of person I would want to date, I would need to become financially stable. Uh, how much should money affect my decision for getting married? Um, a lot of these questions for, I know for me, I'm going to, I'll probably give you what I can, but when it comes to something more, more logical, but I, I'm going to give you my own experience, a, a lot of it too. Um, money, it, it it's important. I, I'm not going to say it's not, but it, it wasn't a deciding factor. Um, with Jess and I, when we first got engaged, we actually had set a longer engagement date. Um, further out. And after a week of just kind of being excited, but also praying about it, um, we kind of just said, you know what, we, let's not be driven by money. Let's not make it allow our desire to be married and to honor God with our relationship as a husband and wife. Let's no, no, not let that come down to money. And we stepped out in faith and set an earlier date and God was, was faithful and everything worked out. Um, and I'll say this, money and finances, they change. Whether you get a new job, you lose a job, um, something happens and you, and you have to spend some money on something that was unexpected. Um, we had a baby and our finances changed tremendously. Money and finances change, but what doesn't change is our love for Jesus, um, our desire to be the best husband and wife, and our desire to continually grow our marriage. Um, and so I, I share this. This question is important to me because I've sat down with uh, a few young adult guys over the over the past few years that they ask this question and and they almost get like crippled by this like will I be making enough money to have a wife kind of thing and I kind of give this example like in my office at, at Shepherd um, I'm sitting across on the second floor across from like the shopping center and there's like a, a Ralph's across there and a couple of times I've sat across one of these young adult men and I've pointed to that Ralph and I said you know what there's a guy that's probably bagging groceries at Ralph's right now that has a wife and like three kids and he's making it work. They're making it work because it's worth it. And, and they haven't allowed finances to be the deciding factor in their marriage. It's important. And it's something that should be talked about. Um, but it, it doesn't, it shouldn't be the deciding factor. Um, and that's my, that's my take on that, that question. Um, but we're going to keep, keep moving on, on this topic of marriage. Uh, and this question is for dusty. Um, has there been a time when you've doubted your love for your spouse? Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yes. I'm going to get my notepad. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to write these down. Yeah. Too, just I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, uh, we are going to ask Adri questions. She doesn't <laughs> just get to sit here and, yeah. uh, and listen to us And talk. just be like, mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And people who say uh, that they haven't, 
whether they're dating or, or married, have they ever, you know, doubted their love for their significant other? They're, if they say no, they're either lying or they're just thinking something else than at least what I'm thinking, um, which my way of thinking isn't always right. But, um, but because you've doubted your love, because I'm going to answer this question literally, have I ever doubted my love for Amy, my wife? Um, and yes, I have. But I want to I want to preface it with uh, whatever kind of doubt you end up uh, perceiving. That doesn't mean I'm going to talk about marriage. That doesn't mean that you're thinking divorce or I'm not committed and faithful to this person anymore. Uh, because real marriage, like actual marriage, is hard. Uh, like living together is hard, which should be done only in marriage as a follower of Jesus. But you're sharing control of your yeah. life. Yeah. Um, you're seeing the truly wonderful and the truly at times wicked within this other human being. And so it's uh, what's well, family. Like you're doing it right now in your family, even though you're not married, uh, just because there's romance involved and attraction, uh, it's, it's still very, very similar uh, to family. So, but this isn't why I say, uh, yes, I've doubted my love for Amy. Um, in 22 years of being married, uh, there have been very clear moments like in our, in our marriage that I was not loving Amy well um, and the way that I want to and the way that I've been called to. So I doubted my love. Now, it wasn't like, again, it's not a doubt of, I don't know if I want to be married at all anymore or to Amy anymore. Like uh, I would consider, I'm not saying those thoughts can't happen to people, but I would consider a I would consider for me to entertain a thought like that would, I would have to uh, devolve into some pretty deep uh, character flaws that I just don't have right now. So my habits moving upward in a relationship from back when I was y'all's age has, have I think insulated and helped me and protected me from having those deep, dark thinkings, but I've doubted my love because I've, I've seen that I didn't love her in the way I should at different times in our marriage. And so I've had to stop and go, okay, this is reality. Here's what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm responding here, but here's what the need is. And so for me, it's a deep dive yeah. back into some basic habits of like taking care of and showing care for the most important human person in my life. Um, and that's not, that doesn't ever get easier by the way um because each new moment that you might go you know doubt you might doubt your love uh mm -hmm. the way you're loving your spouse each new season is very different and uh so and then i'll say this um i would assume that what the person and most people mean by because i've been asked that quite a bit have you ever doubted your love for your wife i think what people mean is you know, you didn't doubt it when you were dating and, and engaged and you first got married because you, you knew that they're the one or whatever. But have you ever doubted it since? I think what most people prescribe to in American culture is that there's this magic um, des destined thing, you know, soulmates and this one right person. And I'm not going to preach that because I have already, but I am going to reference something. If you want to watch a whole series on that, that we did uh, about a year or two ago, Go to, here, here it is, vimeo.com backslash channels, backslash we are SYA, backslash videos. And that'll get you right uh, to it. Just look for relationship goals. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, 
yes, you will doubt certain things about your relationship, about your love. You might doubt their love for you, especially early on. All of that happens because you're human. It doesn't happen because, oh, necessarily because, oh, we're not meant to be together. She's not the one. He's not the one. Uh, Doubts happen because we're humans. If the first disciples of Jesus in Matthew 28, it says some of them worshiped him. After he resurrected, they saw him with their own eyes. Some of them, or they worshiped, but some of them doubted. Doubted, yeah. Those guys doubted Jesus, seeing him resurrected. Then, yeah, we're going to doubt our... uh, our love, our spouse's love. Um, so doubts are okay. So mm-hmm. yes, I've, I've had doubts about my love and what I expected and thought, you know, um, especially being married this long, I'll stop here. But um, like I would, ha- I have an expectation of who I am and how I am in, in marriage. Mm-hmm. And yet because we, we brought little humans into our family now for uh, in in a week, it'll be 16 years of mm-hmm. having kids. Um, that changes the game, right? And so, like, Amy needs me and my care and attention right now in a very different way than she did when we were 25. Yeah, we were married at 21 and 22. Yeah. And uh, and so there, so you know, there's been times even in the last couple of years where I've went like, ah, oh, man, you know. If you'd have asked me, do you love your wife? Absolutely. I love my wife. But do I have times where I go, eh, Frizzell, I don't know. I don't know that you really love her the way you're supposed to. You need to change some things. And, and that's okay. Those are good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop there. <laughs> cool. That was money, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I would have answered that question. But I agree. Like, I have had those moments as well. And so I, it resonates with me as well. Um, I'm going to move on to a the topic of purity, really. Um, and this question is for you, Adri. Finally, we get to ask me, Adri. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Get your popcorn ready. Um, the question for you is, I've heard some pe- of some people that don't even kiss before marriage. What do you think is a good boundary for physical intimacy while dating? I'm ready for this one. Um, well, first of all, I don't think that there is one physical boundary that is the overall standard for all of mankind in dating. So I'm already not going to answer the question the way that you posed it. And I'm sorry, but that's facts. Um, We've talked about this before. We've talked about purity and dating. um, And I have a whole sermon on purity that you can look up, which I go in depth about boundaries and dating and relationships. Um, and that's on our YouTube channel. We are SYA, a shameless plug, go check it out. Um, but I think that this question comes back to self-awareness as Dusty already talked about. It's a huge part of relationship and your physical boundaries you may not struggle in certain areas of physical purity that others do, or even the person that you're going to date or are dating right now. You might not need as extreme boundaries as a person who doesn't kiss until they're married. But honestly, I can tell you that they don't have regrets about that now. Like, honestly, they're probably better off because of it nobody has issues with too much boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's not the question here. Mm -hmm. So what I suggest for you is to map out your ideal relationship boundaries, because if you don't make those boundaries 
that you want to have in a relationship now, even if you're not in it, they will be made for you like by mistake or regret or shame because you are a human being like you are across the board. Nobody is perfect. Mm -hmm. So make those map out those ideal relationship boundaries now. And what I mean by that is really literal at two months here are my physical boundaries. This is what I would allow for myself. I know my past. I'm aware of my triggers. I'm aware of my strengths and my weaknesses. Two months, this is here. And pray about it with the Lord. God, or do you approve of this? Do you approve of this boundary? Mm-hmm. And then do six months. At six months, this is where I, what I feel like the Lord is calling me to. And then a year. And then engaged. You better do engaged because it's only going to get harder from there. And then marriage. And, and don't just stop at physical. Do emotional and spiritual too, which I talk about in the sermon. But, and then when you're dating, the most important part is to share what you've written with a mentor so yeah. that they can hold you accountable. And I say mentor because, um, yes, share with your peers. And they can help to hold you accountable. But it's difficult for your peers to hold you accountable for something that they're probably struggling in as well. So get a mentor in your life, someone who um, has that kind of experience and success um, and wisdom to really hold you accountable um, with something that you may be struggling in or that you want to grow in. So be self-aware, map it out. Um, Some other things that I said in the sermon, but you can look back and watch is um, clearly communicate those boundaries, get accountability, have a curfew. Like, I know you're not 12, but you got to be wise. Just be smart. Come on. Like nothing good happens after midnight. So have a curfew, be alone, but in public. But you, you ain't 12, but you definitely can still be stupid. <laughs> you act like Islam bangs. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> knows no boundaries of age. <laughs> but yeah, basically well, real, that's it. Real talk. If you guys, I'm not even kidding. And I've said this and Dusty's probably said it too. I know he has. One of the best sermons I've ever heard on purity um, from Adri. So if you yeah, get a chance, yeah. go find that sermon and check it out. I promise Amen. you, um, you'll be blessed. Another yeah, question. And, and she's and she's lived this. So yeah. I think it's good. Uh, you know, some people have lofty ideas about yeah. purity. Um, Adri's lived, lived it. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. That's real good. Yes, sir. Uh, the next question is for you, Dusty. Um, this one says, uh, myself and the person I'm dating both truly love God and are active at church with accountabilities, but we have, but we have a sexual past together and it's hard for both of us to let go of each other. What do you do when the feeling is mutual about purity in the Lord, but our approach getting physical is wrong? Yeah. I really like this question only because it's, it's, uh, some self-awareness is built in into it. And, uh, and so some of you that are watching this or listening to this may be in that place and, and if you're able to admit it to yourself, like we both really love the Lord, um, we've messed up in the past, even e- either when we weren't as close to the Lord, um, or maybe we were, and we've just, we've made these choices. Um, and, that, and that's how you word it for yourself. Language is very important. You'd make sure to rid yourself of, we fell into sin. Um, we fell into temptation. Like language matters. Yeah. The devil, you know, uh, threw things at us what regardless of whether those things are true you made a choice at the end of the day yep, and so yep. you did as a couple and so um how do you pursue purity um even though you're still struggling 
Um, I'm going to be, since especially since I don't have this this specific couple or any of you couples with me right now to where I can engage some of my empathy. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little bit blunt um, and the Holy Spirit can do what he needs to do with you personally. But it could be that if you are continuing to struggle, because um, you, th- this question, this person says they have accountability at church. Um, so if you're either, if you either have, you, you might have bad accountability. You may have, uh, uh, mentors in your life that just don't call you out, you know, push further or whatever. Um, but if you have accountability, you're still struggling and all of that, you, you, you may not need to be dating. Like, yeah. and it's not so much that you're not meant for each other. You might not be meant for anybody right now. If that, and, and again, not that, and not that you're like worse than everybody else because you like this person so much, because again, there is also that, like, maybe you messed around sexually before either of you got close to the Lord. And yeah. now you're in this new season of following Jesus. But, you know, that makes things much more difficult. Again, you may not need to be dating right now, but that doesn't mean uh, ever with each other or with anybody else. Uh, th- this was Amy and I, and I'm not going to give the whole background, but like not knowing the Lord, either of us, Um not having sex, but doing uh, plenty of other things sexually uh, together. When we dated, when we came to Jesus, there were some struggles. And one of our solutions based on some, what I think was good wisdom was, yeah, you may not, you may just need to not date and kind of mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, yeah. But if you're going to do that, uh, you, you need to do some boundaries on not dating each other. Like you can't, like you have to actually treat each other like you're not dating. Okay. That doesn't mean you treat each other bad. You don't treat other people. You're not dating bad. Um, but you can't be calling each other all the time. You can't be getting in the car together alone and going and talking as friends, you know, um, you've got to take a break and work on you. Cause that's the only person you can control. You can't control them. So you work on you. Um, if you're not going to do that, or I should, I should word that better. Cause that's not always what you should do. If, if you're not going to do that because you both feel like you shouldn't, if you feel like, like maybe you took two steps forward, but you're always taking one step back. Mm-hmm. I would, um, I would evaluate what your accountability is. Yeah. Um, because just as a more either arrogant or overconfident spiritual leader, I would want to know, I'd be like, okay, what, what's the accountability? What are the boundaries you have? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the, what it, Jesus said, Matthew five, your right hand caused you to sin, cut it off. Right. I get like be extreme. Yeah. And I've done that at your age. And so in terms of my boundaries that were really uncomfortable, super, not fun, not what I wanted. <laughs> and, uh, so I would want to question that. So, so if you're not going to stop dating, I would look at Matthew five, I would read Jesus's words. It's specifically about adultery, but it fits for any of this. I would look at what extremes have we gone to, to protect our purity together, to pursue it together. Mm -hmm. What you may find, and I'll stop here, what you may find, even if you decide to continue dating, not only might you find it, you probably should find that if you're going to continue dating, you're going to have to date very differently. And that will feel like a death. It will feel like, and it should, it'll, (laughs) you may have to rediscover each other. Yeah. And that's okay. Cause if you don't, and if it's boring and without, sexual activity you're kind of like i don't i don't really know if i'm attracted anymore well praise the lord that you all 
took it serious. And then you kind of find out, like, I don't know that I want to be in a relationship anymore with this person based on interests and other things outside of the physical. Yeah. There's a couple of things. I'm going to stop there. I love that. And again, for me to just to, to tag that a little at, at your guys's age, I actually, this whole parking the relationship, like park it for a minute, um, mm. is beneficial in both, on both conclusions. Like it's beneficial because what he's talking about is maybe you realize it's going to be painful, but you're going to become better. But also I've experienced this where I parked the relationship and it actually, the result was, I don't need to be with this person anymore for myself and for them. And it actually made it easier to deal with because I saw, I, I asked the Lord to reveal to me what I needed to do and part that relationship. And then when it ended, I didn't have that gut wrenching pain of like it breaking, you know, this whole breakup moment. It was like, no, we were separate. Yeah. We were kind of like parking the relationship and doing what we needed to do. And now I feel better. And so that's another recommendation about like actually maybe considering parking the relationship for a season and a time yeah. and allowing God to work through you and through that relationship. That's uh, a that's a classic Jeff Cravens. Like Jeff does so good at coming up with <laughs> phrases. Like seriously, like it's, I mean, he's a he's a poet and a, a lyricist. So, but parking the relationship that's a, that's a great potential look, man, idea. You go to look. You go to Disneyland. You don't just like <laughs> go. You don't get out your car and land at like you know at Disneyland. You got to park the car. You got to walk. You got to yeah. get out the tram. <laughs> get out the tram. Walk again. Get in the line. Get in the park. You got to do a is, lot of things. This is a future sermon right here. I'm telling you, before you, I mean, this isn't even written down. This is just straight off the dome right, right. here. Look, all you got to right. do a lot of work to get to all the joy of relationships. Yes. Okay. That's Boom. good. That's real good. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm going to, I will say a little bit um, about purity. And, I, and this is kind of me kind of going back to something that I, I've talked about before. Um, but I like one-liners and Dusty just said it like about being a little bit more lyrical with things. But um, sometimes I think one-liners are like the noodle that sticks, right? When you throw it against the wall. And so I'll say this, when it comes to purity, um, my reminder for you guys is to check all the places from your head to your laces. And by that, I mean your mind, your heart, and your feet. Uh, uh, when it talks about mind, uh, James 1.14 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire." And so just a reminder that your desires start in your mind, start in the mind. Um, and in, with your heart, Jeremiah 17 uh, says the heart is deceitful above all things. Um, and John 3 talks about uh, whenever our heart condemns us, not if uh, our heart condemns us, our heart can condemn us. Um, and, and sometimes it will. Um, and so a Proverbs, which is a book on wisdom, um, is reminding us to guard our hearts. Uh, and then your mind, your heart and your feet, um, just going back to that whole James verse, uh, desires lead to action. Um, this is science, right? Your, your hands and your feet cannot go rogue and make their own decisions. Your mind has to like tell your body what to do. That's just how your body works. Um, and so again, your bodies can only do what your minds have communicated it to do. So just a, a simple reminder uh, when it comes to your own purity and your relationship is remember to check all the places from your head to your laces. Your laces. Um, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, we do have a question for Adri um, that is very important. Uh, it, it says, how do you find contentment being single? <sighs> I love this. I love it. I mean, I love all my questions, obviously, but um, <laughs> I'm going to say that every single time. But I am very <laughs> passionate. I am very passionate about this question um, because I've been single most of my life. 